Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. It's been a while since Gab and I were together online, at least. That sounds really wrong, but I guess it's it's technically true. Um, <laughs> name my sex tape. Gab, what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking water and eating gummy bears. What are you enjoying? I'm actually having um, a very dirty vodka martini. A very dirty vodka martini. Does that just mean a lot of olive juice is in there? Yeah, it's basically alcoholic salt water. Disgusting. Delicious. Disgusting. But you also like the picklebacks. I love picklebacks, yeah. I shouldn't be surprised. You have questionable tastes in drinks. Hey, what are we going to drink in Orlando? What do you think the Orlando drinks are? I think it depends on who wins. Well, I mean, we're going to go out before the final. So, like, where do you think? Before the final. Before the final, I'm probably not going to drink because I have to work during the final. What? I cover women's soccer. That's never been the rule. You've never not drunk before the final. I'll have a drink, but I'm not going to, you know, drink. Well, yeah, because you always end up going out with uh, other people the night of the final. You you celebrate with the winners. Um, not last season. Last season, uh, <laughs> you celebrate with the losers. That was depressing. Let me tell you, I actually don't think I went to um. I don't think I went to the spirit after party last season. Actually, I have no idea where you were, but you didn't come home for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> I love going on soccer trips with you. (laughs) What happens in Orlando stays in Orlando. Yeah, just like what happened in Rochester stayed in Rochester. Let's talk about NWSL. This was a pretty crazy weekend. Rochester is NWSL. Um, There were a lot of midweek games. Some interesting results. There have just been a lot of games recently. I mean, I kind of want to save the most interesting result for last. Um... I mean, I like ta- I like talking about Seattle as little as possible as well. Yeah. So we can start with the uh, midweek games because there were eight total games technically in week. We're in seventeen now of NWSL. Week seventeen. Yeah, we just had week seventeen. Week started off Boston and Houston. This was the game that Boston thought they were going to get points because both Carly Lloyd and Morgan Bryan are out for Houston. Carly Lloyd just landed weirdly. The game before that, ankle injury, out. So I really thought Boston would get points, and they just looked like a hot mess against Houston. Uh, That's tough to do against Houston. I don't know. Boston has had problems with consistency. They've been hit by injury all season long. I don't think they've had the same back line more than two games in a row recently. So it's not great. I don't know what else to say. If our season... If we'd had Rose Lavelle consistently outside of national team, like playing for us all season, I really think Boston would be much closer to the mid table. I'm not saying we'd be in playoff position, but I think we'd look a very solid six or seven. When's Rose coming back? Uh, Matt Beard said after this last game against Orlando, if her recovery continues to go well, she could be on the bench this coming weekend. That's a good thing. Yeah, but she's been out for over, what, two months now? Yeah. U.S. soccer breaks players. I'm not that impressed, and I don't know if I'll ever forgive Jill Ellis for ruining Rose Lavelle's rookie season like this. I just, 
I don't understand why, like, mm, mm, I get very frustrated that U.S. soccer does this to themselves, does this to their players consistently. Consistently. They didn't have to use every FIFA window. I get, like, being paranoid about wanting to make money and keep the national team in the public consciousness or whatever and pop culture to a certain level, but this was just unnecessary. And the injuries have piled up for national team players all over the league, not just Rose. It's just weird. So next game, Chicago, Seattle. Seattle beat Chicago two to one in Chicago. Chicago hasn't been doing so well at home recently. Yeah, they've dropped like the last three games, I wanna say. Yeah. And this one was rough because they were tied 1-1. Well, actually, Chicago was leading for most of the game. And then Naho scores at the end of regulation. And then they score the game winner in stoppage. I mean, does that just speak to, like, fitness? Is it game management? Are they losing concentration? Like, what's the deal to be losing in stoppage like that? That's really rough. Yeah, that that Seattle match was pretty rough. And you are correct, they have lost their last three at home. Yeah, that was the game they rotated Michelle Dalton into goal, because apparently Alyssa Nair is also carrying an injury. Oh, right. Yes, yes. She She's apparently had a groin injury for weeks now. Gotta love U.S. soccer. I'm actually pretty mad at myself that I went to the match in mm-hmm. L.A. Like, the stars aligned... I could make it happen. It made sense. But damn, do I feel bad I gave them $30. Oh, no. It's just not worth it. Um, FC Kansas City, two. Portland Thorns, one. Oh, boy. That was tough. I mean, playing in Kansas City in August is never a good thing. No. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to Kansas City for a while. Um, and it's, it's almost a predictable result. That, that match in particular, um, everybody just was playing really, like, flat-footed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it just didn't feel... Well, I guess it was also rain-delayed. It was also weather-delayed for a few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, hey, I have a question about the attendance at this one. Yeah? It's, like, 430 people. Yeah, 428. You got it. So that's got to be people through the turnstiles like actual not tickets sold. yeah 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 i think so so are all the other teams reporting people through turnstiles or are they reporting tickets sold i think it's got to be tickets sold it's got to be i don't i don't see anybody you know, like with the little clicker at boston breakers games you know ticking off three four thousand people yeah so SCKC has fewer than 400 season ticket holders Mm, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's what you can deduce from that number. But if this, so FCKC just for whatever reason gave turnstile numbers, not tickets sold. Yeah, I think KC just for this one game was like, there's not a a lot of people here. We can literally just count them. We don't have to count tickets sold. Maybe. Well, that just, that just fucks with stats then. That sucks. It does suck. But I don't, maybe for this one game, too, they were like, well, we can't give tickets sold because everybody can look and be like, clearly, you know, 2,000 people were not here. Clearly. So we're going to have to go with actual headcount. I think that's a cop-out. I don't know. Maybe maybe for other games, tickets sold 
inflate like actual headcount a little bit, for, but for this one game, tickets sold would have, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to explain the discrepancy and I can't. I know. I'm just, and I'm sitting here listening to you, but I also am thinking about statistics and thinking about, okay, at the end of the season, we're going to talk about attendance. Well, if FCKC has this one match with fewer than 500 people who actually attended and were there in person, I mean, they ha- had to have had more, like, you just justify it as people left early. I just want my sports teams to have consistency. You ex- you asking NWSL to have consistent standards across all its teams? I am. Oh, buddy. And it's something easy, like reporting number of tickets sold. Mm-hmm. I think it's super easy. I didn't say it wasn't easy. I'm just saying you're still expecting too much from this league. Well, you know, they'll continue to disappoint. And I will continue to ask them to raise their bar. And that's just the relationship that we're going to have. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina 2, Washington Spirit 0. This was a really unlucky game for Washington. Did you see that second goal? It was an own goal against Spirit. I felt really bad for Cassie Coleman. Yeah, you just got to flinch and grit your teeth and hope and hope and hope and hope that that never happens ever again. That scoreline really flatters North Carolina because they were not putting it together in the final third really consistently. Like Lynn Williams was offside 1,000 times. I just need North Carolina to stop dropping points. And I thought that that was a game where they very easily could have. I don't know. And Washington, I needed Washington to step up to the plate and they scored for the wrong team. I think you're right that they might have dropped points here in a tie, maybe a 0-0 tie. I think that would have been a fair result, actually, based on how both these teams played, 0-0. Washington just didn't really look that inspired. Mel Pugh was, like, stuck back in her own half a lot of the time. And I don't think it's fair to expect her to be dragging the spirit out of the half, you know, for for 90 minutes. She's not not Sam Kerr. She is not Sam Kerr. Are we ready to talk about Sam Kerr? I feel like we still have few more matches we have a few more matches i won't make you talk about seattle just yet go for it okay breakers orlando pride oh jesus christ boston thinks they're gonna get points against houston they end up playing like kind of garbage and then against orlando pride they actually look decent they look so much better and yet twice it's almost like comical how bad they were defending alex morgan it's like you have one job right it, if you mark one player around the 18-yard box, keep an eye on Now, yes, the referee made some shitty calls that put Orlando in position to get Alex Morgan around the 18. But at the same time, now that she's there, you can't do anything about it. All you have to do is mark her. Just, just mark, mark Alex Morgan. Alex Morgan is a one-trick pony, and if you fall for those tricks, she will score on you. I don't know that I'd call her totally one trick. Well, I said tricks. Tricks, yeah. If you fall for those tricks. But, I mean, Alex Morgan has plays. I think it's true that she's not as multidimensional as, like, Kristen Press. But that's not necessarily an insult. Because the dimensions she does have, she's insanely good at them. So Totally. 
it it balances out and she's got marta behind her now marta i thought actually wasn't that red hot on the day boston did a decent job of dealing with her not a great job but a decent job if marta had been a little bit more on maybe that scoreline's a little higher for orlando but you know if they'd marked alex morgan they could have come out of this zero zero if if yoma anomanu knew how to shoot on frame they might have even tied or or won but if 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 whatever they still lost all of the ifs i know sucks yeah orlando is making a run for it orlando's got a lot of good matches in uh behind them at this point and they're finally looking at a fairly healthy squad yeah three wins in a row fourth in the standings they're the the team to watch they're tied with chicago on points orlando's got some steam right now they're start looking like they're heading towards the peak and chicago looks like they're heading towards a trough so I oh god chicago man i know what a story I wouldn't be surprised if those two switch places in the standings after the next series of games. Oh, well, I mean, Orlando's eyeballing a, a playoff, a home playoff game. Like, can you imagine Orlando having a home playoff game when they host the championship? That would be great for the league overall. I don't necessarily root for the Orlando Pride, but... I do like to see them do well in terms of attendance and hype because that's good for the league. So yes, I would support that if it happened. Yeah, I I I I can't allow that to happen. Sorry. <laughs> Not even in my heart can I allow that to happen because Sorry. my Portland Thorns are holding on to that second place. Like they're on American Ninja Warrior. Portland looked is has been looking consistently Like, there's a little bit of variation, but their variation is a lot smaller than, for example, Boston or Chicago. They're good-good and low-low. There's a much smaller difference there. I mean, they beat Houston 2-0. I thought they looked pretty good. What did you think? I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the match against Houston. I've enjoyed the last few. Um, You know, the the concerning match was against uh, Kansas City. You know, I think think the ebbing and the flowing... uh, it, at this point in the season, you really want to be doing what Orlando's doing and, and finding your stride. Um, North Carolina doesn't look to be slowing down anytime soon. And all I can hope for is Sam Kerr to do something crazy when Sky Blue, Blue plays them. Um, and Portland just has to keep chugging. And, um, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, this Portland team is going up to Seattle this weekend um, where Seattle just played Sky Blue. And are we ready to talk about that? Crazy match. Do you want to do that or do you want to save it for last? Or do you not even want to, do you just want to get it out of the way? I mean, whatever, whatever you want to do. I think you have stronger feelings about Seattle, so I leave it to you. No, no, no. I'm I'm fine talking about Seattle whenever. I just think that was a crazy-ass match. Okay, well, then let's talk about Sky Blue Seattle, because that's... You're entirely right. It was fucking crazy. It was ridiculous. Like, Seattle comes out three goals in the first half, and you just think Sky Blue is sunk. And that's because Sky Blue has not been playing well in the last few weeks. Uh, something, something, something happened to the chemistry that they had. And uh, Sam Kerr, for whatever reason, just wasn't wasn't able to pull the team like she she had been uh, previous to I, I don't know what happened. And they they just lost their coach. Um, 
you know, there's, there's just a lot going on in New Jersey and just one of those things that like I was seeing scoreline and seeing Seattle score and score and score. And you're just, you just kind of think, Oh crap, this is going to be another example of like the Laura Harvey show where they just don't give up halftime hits second half. And Oh wait, never mind, We bought tickets to the Sam Kerr show. Like they poured Aussie juice into Sam Kerr at halftime or something. I don't know what they did, but the, the the first goal she like karate chopped it into the goal, like with the bottom of her foot. She like aggressively stomped the ball into the goal. And I don't necessarily think it was a case of Seattle losing focus on Sam Kerr. A lot of the goals, like people were swarming all around her. It's just like Sam Kerr knows how to be in exactly the right spot. She draws a ball to her like a magnet. And whether it's head or foot, she somehow manages to just be the first one there. It was, uh, she scored that first goal and I just, I knew something was happening. And then she gets a second and then she gets to her third and we're going into the 80th minute. And you're just like, Oh my God, like I'm okay with the draw, but at the same time, I feel like Sam Kerr might have one more in her. And then Seattle scores. Sam Kerr completed her hat trick in 23 minutes. And the crazy thing is that's not her fastest hat trick on the season. I, I believe she's ridiculous. So I'm looking at the stats for the game, and it's not just Sam Kerr, because you look at it, and shots, Seattle 11, Sky Blue 23. Now, shots on goals, roughly the same, but total shots, Sky Blue outshoots Seattle 2-0, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Crosses, 30 for uh, Sky Blue, 11 for Seattle, and then duels won, Sky Blue 46 duels won, Seattle, 23 duels. So two to one, they were out fighting Seattle on the ball. And then Sky Blue, 15 tackles one. Seattle, five tackles one. So you can see, like, stats don't tell everything, but the cumulative story from all these numbers is really telling, I think. Sky Blue really gritted it out and then had Sam Kerr as the cherry on top. It's uh, a ridiculous performance. They didn't have Christy Pierce. They, you know, they they don't have a, their regular head coach at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, they didn't have Kelly O'Hara oh, either. And they didn't have Kelly O'Hara. Like it, 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 Sky Blue should not be putting in a performance like that. And Seattle Rain are not easy. No, Seattle. Um, that's that's not a team that's going to roll over in the second half. Um, they 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 do have some weak moments, but oh my god, the way that they just destroyed that back line, and it goes up. They, Seattle goes up four to three. You think that the match is over? Then two goals right at the death, and Sam Kerr misses a PK. <laughs> Soccer is so boring. Like Sam Kerr drills it off of the crossbar. Yeah, when that happened, I bet Seattle fans were like, oh, whew, we've got the juju, you know? Like, you get one narrow escape and that was ours and that means we're going to make it. No, Sam Kerr, like, defies all attempt at narrative. She is the narrative. Yeah, she will rewrite your narrative if she damn well pleases. And Seattle was missing Megan Rapinoe, but other than that, I thought they had a fairly full-strength lineup. So it's not like... 
if Megan Rapino takes so much out of you that Sam Kerr can score like a 23 minute hat trick on you, I think that says a lot more about. I mean, Sam Kerr. Name a team in this league that Sam Kerr has not scored a hat trick on (laughs) at this point. You could you could probably go up to anyone and be like, Sam Kerr scored a hat trick on, like, just name any team in the league, whether it was true or false. I bet the average fan who's been paying attention would have to stop and think like, oh, has she scored a hat trick on us? Probably. It sounds right. Probably. Probably. At this point in time, Sam Kerr. It, there's a shorter list of teams that Sam Kerr has not scored a hat trick on. So, real talk then. Do you think Sam Kerr should win FIFA Best this year? I mean, it's just so hard because it's such a weird year. The Euros, that's true. The Euros. Like, the Euros outweigh. Like, what has Sam Kerr actually done? I mean, she was... You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. It kind of sucks because Australia doesn't schedule as many international friendlies as the United States does. I feel like if Australia had had, you know, like a dozen friendlies this year, it might have made up for it. Because Sam Kerr bossed the Tournament of Nations. But that's like her big international performance of the year and the rest has been club. Although I do think FIFA voters generally don't take club into account enough. Right. Like FIFA, FIFA is just bad at... Um, FIFA voters are bad at paying attention to women's soccer. I think you're right, though. And so, so it's going to be uh, the. Does she deserve it? Probably. But I would also like to see Sam Kerr maintain this caliber of play through a World Cup. That's true. I think we got a little taste of it in Tournament of Nations, where she did maintain her caliber of play under tournament conditions, mm-hmm. but it obviously didn't have the same kind of tournament pressure because it's like just because it's you know three games short amount of time good teams it's still who cares you know it's not a world cup mm-hmm. right so the fifa best obviously the netherlands won and the two netherlands nominees Lika martins and vivian medema so like one of them's gonna win i think it's gonna be Lika martins um just based on I think more voters are going to know her name on top of being from the winning country. And she did have a good performance, but that's just how it goes. As long as Carly Lloyd doesn't win this year. Oh my God. What if Carly Lloyd's in the top three? That would be a tragedy. Like no offense to Carly Lloyd, but she knows damn well she doesn't belong in the top three of FIFA players this year. Like The top three should be European teams. I think... Martins belongs in there. Sam Kerr belongs in the top three. I don't know about Pernell Harder. Jody Taylor scored a lot, but I don't know if she belongs in the top three. At least there were, was a lot of Euro representation among the best, and it wasn't like Marta's in the top ten this year, too. It's like... Right. So... At least Alex Morgan wasn't in the top ten this year. We only had one American in there. Yeah. Oh, so we have one last game from this past weekend, and that's Chicago FCKC. Damn, mm-hmm. I did not see this coming. FCKC 3, Chicago 1? I really didn't see it coming. No, like, FCKC is on the crazy train. Like, they're not predictable in any way, shape, or form right now. Um, They're one of those teams where the high highs and the low lows, there's a big gulf between them. Um, But oh, they're totally. high highs, such high highs. And then this game, they were at their high, and Chicago was kind of at their low a little bit even though chicago started off really well i thought chicago was gonna boss fckc based on the first 20 minutes 
momentum swung, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I it's just one it's one of those things that like SC Casey is just weird. What's interesting to me is maybe two or three weeks ago, that that short a time ago, people were like, I think Flatko Andonovsky should be done. That's interesting. I'm not saying a lot of people were, but it was under discussion. I'm like, I just don't think that FC Casey's performance here has been a fair reflection of his capabilities as a coach. Well, yeah, and FC Casey, you know, has this giant cross to bear. They've got two stars on their crest, as they're very fond of reminding everyone who leaves them off. They've got, they're the only ones with two. To be fair to them? As they're... If I had earned two stars and people kept leaving them off, I'd be a little bit cheesed as well. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think that all teams should respect the stars, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean, Portland's got a star. I also don't think that North Carolina gets a star. (laughs) Hmm. I can see both sides of that one. Because if it's, it's essentially the exact same team with the same coach, but they're just in a different location. If like... But the crest... It, it had they been called the North Carolina Flash, I could see that. But you you don't get a star when you haven't been in the league at all. I, I yeah, I see the side where it's like, but you the club itself has not earned that history. It was the players. Correct. There should be a thing where like the player name gets a star above it, but not the club crest. Right. Like, like no. oh, I earned. Could you imagine though? That would be so rude to teams that players get traded to. I know, I know. It's it's too. That'd be yeah. the rudest. It's too fiddly and difficult. But it, at the same time, yeah, you do want to add a caveat. Like, no, no, you haven't done anything. These players did it. All right. Correct. You can't just buy your stars. Exactly. No, I that's, I definitely see your point. That's if, not the way this works. If they had like done three championships with like various different rosters over the years in Western New York. And then they go to North Carolina and they're like, Oh, we want to put three stars in the crest. I'd be like, no, no, no. So that was end of cell. You can never predict what the fuck is going to happen in this league. And it's exhausting. It, it's, it's a fun league to follow. <laughs> it's, it's a fun league because you never know what's actually going to happen. If they like any day of the week. But even though it's exhausting, I think you were the one who said we should take this time because it's been breakneck for the past couple of weeks. So many midweek games. So let's take some time, pause, look at the standings and catch our breath. How do you feel about who's in playoff position? Who's maybe headed towards playoff position? I feel like it's a jinx uh, to talk about this, but I will anyway. <laughs> um I mean, North Carolina is killing it. They're just, they're the team to beat right now. And I think they're like, what, six points away from the shield? Oh, mathematically, maybe? Yeah. There's five games left. So that's 15 points. Portland's at 34. I think they're four games. Because if Portland wins all five of their next games, that's 49 points. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But North Carolina is only one win away from securing a playoff spot. That's what I was thinking. So too early to call the shield. But North Carolina is one win away from securing a playoff spot. 
Um, following on their heels is Portland, uh, trying not to think about the schedule Portland has coming up over this weekend. Um, I'm, I'm really liking the way the team's looking, uh, coming together. It's, it, it feels different than other seasons. Um, last year, winning shield going undefeated, uh, for as long as, as long as the team did this year has just, I don't know. It's taken a bit more like blood and sweat feels feels good in a weird different positive wholesome way um chicago is man they're just they're not rising chicago's coming down and it feels it like it, it it's not pretty mm-hmm. they've had in the past five games win draw loss 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 that's, yeah that's no good when you're trying to hold on to a playoff spot they tried everything against kansas Mexico city yeah 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 uh, they kept pushing Kristen Press deeper and deeper. They tried her in the 10. Julie Ertz got moved around deeper and deeper to try and hold on defensively. That didn't work. I think they should have left her a lot higher because she was looking great when she was higher on the field. She looked amazing for the first time. She's years. always so destructive. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome to watch. I was talking to some people who cover Chicago for Hot Time in Old Town and they were like, Julie Ertz is the best soccer player in Chicago right now. And I think that's an argument you could certainly make. On the other end of the table, we're coming close to mathematical eliminations for some teams down here. We are. On the other end of the table, it's it's getting, it's getting pretty dire. So we've got tied with 16 points, Boston and Washington. To your credit, you predicted at the start of the season that Washington would be... In last place. Boston's not last. Boston's not last yet. I don't understand how they're not, though. What's holding them above? Better, better the goals goal differential? Yeah, yeah, maybe. And better... No, they're both negative nine. But they have f- fewer goals conceded. Oh, it might be... Um, maybe it's head-to-head? I don't know. <laughs> I should look at the uh, <laughs> rules and regulations for tiebreakers. <laughs> i think they're both tied i think they're both tied for last place i can't find a single reason why why boston boston has one more draw at home than the spirit do so so team standings tie breaking procedures when two or more teams tied in standings on points first tiebreaker is better win loss against all other teams equal in points so head to head right I don't know what Boston's record is against Washington. <laughs> I have no idea. Alphabetical? <laughs> <laughs> I think they are legit tied right now. And then the second one is uh, goal differential. Third one is total goals. Then road points. I mean, road record, home record, and then coin toss. I don't know. Oh maybe God. we won that coin toss. We definitely don't have a better road record than Washington. We're 054 on the road and they're one oh they're one seven two. Yeah. Alright, so Washington Boston and Washington played twice this season. Uh-huh. The first matchup, Boston won. One to nothing. The second was a draw, two to two. Okay, so Boston wins head to head. That's why we're ninth and Washington is tenth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we are hanging on by the hair of our chinny chin chins. <laughs> Oh man, Boston needs a couple more, a couple more W's in there just to secure that spot. 
because if we win the next five games, that's 15 points. We would have 31. And fourth place right now is Orlando with 29. So we are probably one game <laughs> away from being mathematically eliminated from playoffs. Yes. The, the goal was never playoffs. The goal was like... <laughs> Stop laughing! I... Oh, keep going. The goal was never playoffs for Boston. The goal was solidly not last. So I think so. Seventh is good. Eighth is uh, but like if we can approach seventh, like at the bottom of the mid table, you know, you're seven points away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're fifty. Yeah. You're fifty percent of your points away. Well, last five, we have loss, draw, draw, loss, loss. So we can do it. <laughs> Stop laughing so hard. I love your optimism. Oh, man. If this team didn't manage to kill all optimism within me during the Tom Durkin years, then, you know, <laughs> nothing will. Hey, you might get Rose Lavelle back. Yeah, for the end of the season. That would be nice if we had Rose Lavelle, you know, for the last five. That would be fantastic if you had her for the last five. I, I could anticipate you guys would get another 10 points. If we have Rose Lavelle for the last five, we're going to get 15 points. Orlando's going to, Orlando or Chicago is going to drop out of the top four. We're going to be surprised. That, should, that would be Chicago. Chicago's drop out of the top four. No other teams are going to get enough points to get into fourth place. And Boston will go to the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like we thought Boston was playoff bound like week two or three. There was a point in the season, yeah, in the first couple of weeks where we were like number three in the standings. And I refused to let myself feel happy about it because I knew it wouldn't last. <laughs> You're like, no, no, good things do not come to, to, this, to this town. That's an ephemeral lie to lure you into a false sense of security, to open yourself up <laughs> to hope again. And I knew it would be a mistake. <laughs> ridiculous. So that's where we are. I um, I think Sky Blue could still make a run for playoffs. They're 26 points. Orlando's 29. Seattle could maybe pull it together. I don't know if they will. I feel like losing Megan Rapino again kind of shocked them. I think Orlando's going to make a, a run for first, but they're not going to make first. I don't know if Portland's going to make that run for first, though, dude. How do you feel about it? Uh, I feel optimistic, but I also feel like five points is a big stretch. Hmm. Like, I think it's asking a lot for the courage to lose two games. Out of five. Out of five. And for Orlando to win all five matches. No, I definitely don't think Orlando's going to make number one. But what about Portland? Like... Portland oh, I'm sorry. I meant. I meant. I, I'm sorry. I meant Portland. Oh, okay. Um, I I think I think it's a hard. I, I think it's a, a big ask for North Carolina to lose two and for Portland to win all five. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, yay! Second place, you still host a playoff game. Um, and something something horrible could could happen to North Carolina, and they could just completely lose the plot. Um, that's that's been known to happen in sports before i just think that they're in if paul riley doesn't totally mess things up they're they're kind of in cruise control right now i mean that's fair yeah basically unless they pull a north korea and the whole team gets struck by lightning on the field they don't they're in they're in you don't have to fix what ain't broke mode 
Right. You think Chicago's going to drop out of the top four, though? I think Chicago will drop out of the top four at their current rate. I, I think I think it's really up to Sky Blue and Seattle. To make, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think, I don't think Orlando is going to catch Portland. Um, and I think either that third or fourth place is totally up for grabs for either Seattle or Sky Blue. I think KC can make a late run of form. They seem to have finally pulled it together. But I think they're going to be, if they make it to playoffs, it's going to be a really nice shock surprise. But if they make it to fifth, I also think that's respectable considering how they started the season. God, Kansas City's schedule for the last five games, Orlando, Sky Blue, Chicago, Seattle, and they end with Houston. I think they're going to get like seven or eight points. Uh, Yeah, like seven points out of that. Four of those five are just... I, I, I would be surprised if they got double-digit points out of that. Incredibly surprised. But they can definitely get look. seven. Oh, So Chicago's on the road for four out of their five last matches. Um, so they're in... D.C., they're playing Spirit, then North Carolina, then Kansas, Houston, and they end in Portland. I think I think there's at least six, if not eight points on the table for Chicago. Eight points would put them at 37, mm-hmm. which they could they could stay in. Seattle, um, Seattle plays Portland this weekend. Houston, Orlando, Kansas City, the Spirit. Uh, I think there's at least eight points in there for them, if not nine. But nine points isn't gonna isn't gonna cut it because that'll be thirty six. And if we're saying Chicago gets in at thirty seven, oh, you're right. So Seattle's gonna have to either hope for Chicago to f- like fart themselves to death or just go on a tear. So Orlando is Kansas City, Boston, Seattle, Portland, North Carolina. Whoo, that's the roughest schedule. That's the roughest one we've seen so far. I mean, Boston now is in position to just spoil somebody's season. That's totally. Our familiar role. Once you're mathematically so- eliminated. Yeah, our last five are Sky Blue, Orlando, Portland, Washington, Sky Blue. I don't think... Even if even if we beat Portland by whatever miracle, at that point, with two games left in the season, Portland would be like, fine, whatever. It just messes yeah, I with- think I think thirty seven points. Fourth place is going to end on thirty seven points, and whoever gets there. Yeah, we might fuck up Sky Blue's chances of grabbing fourth, but other than that, I don't think Boston can really ruin anybody's season. They might mess with Portland's ability to have a home playoff game, though. That's about it. They might. It's so weird. So that was NWSL. We have some quick international news. I don't know how closely you guys have been following this, but it's been coming out in dribs and drabs, and now like one big gush that the uh, England women's team has been dealing with accusations of racism from Eniola Luko, who used to play with the team. Um, she's alleging that head coach Mark Sampson has made racist remarks to, to, you know, different players, and that she herself has been on the receiving end of racism. 
and that she settled with the F.A. when they were trying to conclude uh, their investigation into the incident. And But now it's all coming out, and I don't think it really looks good for England. Let me just read you some of the stuff that she says, uh, that she alleges occurred. She was talking to Mark Sampson. They were going to be playing Germany in November of 2014, uh, he asked her if she had family coming from Nigeria. He said, Nigeria, make sure they don't bring Ebola with them. Um, another time, she alleges that um, uh, a member of the staff would talk to her in a fake Caribbean accent, and he thought it was funny. And then the original allegation, I think, that uh, she brought up was that he looked at a player. She was the only black player in the meeting. And he was making some kind of comparison about cards being like getting arrested. And he said, you've been arrested, haven't you? Like four times. And the only black player in the room, who, by the way, has not ever been arrested, as far as I can tell from reading the articles. And he says that to her. I think that's very suspect. And then take it in conjunction with all these other accusations. I think a pattern has emerged, like a, a culture of, of, of disrespect, outright racism. So I don't know. You've watched England play. You've had reactions to Mark Sampson. How do you feel about him? I mean, it's always unfortunate to hear that this type of stuff happens, but it it's also not surprising that this is the culture of women's sports. Um, and that when, when I mean, the, the England locker room has never been a healthy locker room, right? I think recently, yes, there's been, if you follow the game, like the international game past a service level, I think it, you know, it, it's fairly well known that maybe Mark Sampson has a favoritism problem. You just look how, how early he picked his Euro squad compared well, to Well, not even, else. not even Mark Sampson. Like this goes all the way back to Hope. Yeah. Hope Powell. No, you're right. You know, like they, they, they just haven't had a healthy culture inside of their locker rooms. And so this makes me wonder how systemic is it? I mean, the FA is not great as a federation. So if it's not great at the top, you can imagine coming down the power structure, it's not going to be great either. Right. And, and you know, it's not surprising. Do you back it up? Do you do you say, oh, well, you know, boys will be boys and all that other bull crap? Like, you, you don't. But it's the unfortunate reality of women in sports. And it's the unfortunate reality of trying to, I mean, it's not surprising that this was the English national team, a, a, a federation that wasn't allowing women to play soccer for how many decades? Something like 50 plus years. Yeah. So for five decades, women weren't allowed to even play soccer. And England is just now starting to get a feel for what success is like on the international stage. And this is not something that is going to be easy for them to change or for them to um, snuff out within their program. What I want to emphasize is that Annie Oluko, she's, I think, 30 or 31. She's near the end of her career as a striker. Um, she knows she has limited time left. She has very little to gain by making these accusations, as as most women do. 
when they talk about harassment and and you know uh, bigotry in the workplace. So I'm very inclined to believe her based on you know just how little she has to gain from going public with this, um, and you know just from the patterns that you've talked about where England just doesn't seem to have the healthiest culture among coaching staff for the women's no. team that we we've seen. And and what and what shocks me about this this situation or what disappoint I, I can't figure out the feeling I'm feeling, but what is causing a reaction is that a player who is also a lawyer is the level of courage needed in order to stand up to this. Right, exactly. Imagine if you didn't have any if you don't have a level of education and training that Annie Aluko has, like what hope would you have? Because even at Annie Aluko's level of education, she's been a lawyer for I think like at least five years, which is crazy because she's been doing it at the same time as she's been a professional player. She said she makes her her complaint to the FA, right? And then she says within a week or so of her confidential quote unquote report, her career was basically over, like. She said the reason was that she had given unlioness behavior in the previous camp or something. And then within 24 hours of another meeting with the FA to discuss her complaint, they started investigating her work as a sports lawyer for uh, a soccer agency. So they're messing with her on the field career and then they're messing with her off the field career right around the time that she makes this complaint, honestly, the, you know, totality of the evidence really suggests that further investigation is warranted at the very least. And yes, she did settle with the FA, uh, and they gave her, like, I think a, an 80,000-pound settlement and, like, a one-year contract worth maybe 20,000 pounds. I think that's correct. But at the same time, okay, so she got, what, the American equivalent of one hundred and thirty, hundred forty thousand dollars $140,000? That is nothing that's nothing, right? You can blow through that. You can't live off that for the rest of your life. So anybody who's like, oh, she got a payout. She's just as, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, she got, she got chump change though. Yep. So, and, and her career is essentially over unless a new coach comes in in enough time for her to, you know, have, have another two or three years as a striker for England. So, And that's and that's the thing is Mark Sampson isn't going anywhere anytime soon. You think he's not gonna get fired or suspended for this? No, mm. it's settled. It's been settled. That's true. The FA was like our investigation didn't show anything. Although apparently, I think various associations in England are now trying to put pressure on the FA, including Kick It Out, which is not a part of the FA as far as I understand, but they. Uh, engage in activism against racism in soccer, football. So I think they've issued a very sternly worded statement. Like, you guys need to reopen an investigation into this because it is a mess. I totally think it's fair. I also don't think two years out from the World Cup that England is going to make a major coaching change. That's true. I mean, that's the excuse they gave for not really changing but before the Euros either because they're like, teams preparing for Euros... Like, we can't disrupt the team like this. Although I think that's a, once again, it's a bullshit excuse. 
because right. I, I totally, I totally uh, agree that yeah. it's a bullshit excuse, but it's the excuse that they, they will continue to give. I know, but it just means they, they're valuing possible results over player safety. Like the ability. And England has done well in one major international tournament in the last. You're a bigger England fan than I am, but at least 12 years. They did okay in the World Cup, and obviously they weren't at the Olympics. And in the Euros, I think they did okay, but then underperformed in knockout. Very English. Well, the, the most recent one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're ascending but they could be doing a lot better in the euros in knockout it looked like they had run out of ideas because mark sampson's only idea was jody taylor so yeah in conclusion when it comes to women bringing up harassment in the workplace i'm very heavily inclined to believe women because they have so much to lose and so little to gain i mean she won a settlement so why are we not is it a question whether or not we believe that this thing is a thing? I think now the FA is basically being tried in the press. Well, let's try them and find them guilty. <laughs> we are the press. I think the action that people want to be taken, action must be taken, is <laughs> reopening a truly independent investigation into what happened instead mm -hmm. of... um. I think what they did is they brought in somebody to investigate who signed off and was like, nope, everything's fine. Always, always more that can be done. Um, women oftentimes settle, right? They, they, they don't have the financial resources. They don't have the support in order to see these things through to the end. And I mean, honestly, I'm not surprised at, this type of behavior. I mean, it's unfortunately the world we live in and it doesn't make it right or justify it. It just, right. It's another, it's another horrible, horrible stain on the type of culture that is sport and the type of culture that, you know, can survive when you just think about winning and money. No, I think you're right. Short of more players being willing to speak out against Mark Sampson and or the FA, you know, it's very hard. And then, you know, they look at what the FA did to Annie Luco, and I don't blame anybody for not wanting to jeopardize the rest of their career. They've got families. They've got to make, you know, they got to pay rent. They got to pay all this shit. So it, it's, it's tough to get up the gumption to do that. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We shall see. All right. Do you want to make some score predictions? Let's end on a positive note. Yes. Yes. All right. First game. FCKC is hosting Orlando. This could be really interesting, right? Because KC mm -hmm. is figuring some shit out about themselves. But Orlando is already very comfortable in its own skin. I'm going to call this two to one for Orlando. Both teams have in the last five matches won their last three and then had a draw and a loss what was your score two to one for orlando i'm trying to figure out am i voting with my head or am i voting with my heart and i think i'm going to be consistent and vote with my heart mm -hmm. which says two to one fc casey Ooh, i yeah 
I did it. I would not be sad with that result because I really sympathize with KC this season. Okay. Yeah, I'm going I'm going for FC KC. So Seattle Rain hosting Portland Thorns. You gotta go first on this oh, one. God. Uh, voting with my heart. I'm voting with my heart. Um three to one Portland. I mean Allie Long is back for Portland and she didn't look too bad. Allie Long is back. And Seattle's still gonna be out Pino. Henri has scored in our last two matches. Sink is looking a little beat up, but I know she hates Seattle just about as much as I do. <laughs> um, oh, God. My biggest issue right now with Portland is this whole Nadia Rosso thing. Because I think that these two players are just so similar in strengths and weaknesses that having them both on the pitch at the exact same time actually cripples us. I think that's fair. Because they're, 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 they should be subbing for each other, not both trying to feed the ball to each other. I think Razo's the and starter, we, and Nadim's should be the sub. Run Razo into the ground. Like, that girl, she'll give her heart for 60 minutes. And then you have Nadia come in for the final 30, and she's the closer. But having them both out there at the same time, like, oh my god, it's, it's painful. It's painful to watch them try to feed each other goals. They they just keep missing. They're like feeding the balls. Oh, they're just, it's not good. It's not good. And if that's my biggest complaint, I'm really happy with the Thorns this year. Um, so, yeah, I said one to three, Portland is going to get the first win at Memorial ever this weekend. Portland has never won at Memorial? Portland has never won at Memorial. Oh, no. We do the bus trip every single time. Portland has never won at Memorial. We own them at Starfire. Okay. Well, then I'm going to say it's a 2-2 tie. All right. (sighs) Yeah. Washington is hosting Chicago. So Washington can sometimes look pretty good. And Chicago recently has looked pretty bad. But but what if Chicago is like, all right, snap out of it. And this is the game where they were like, nobody makes me bleed my own blood, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to say two to one for Washington. <laughs> I am going to say two to three Chicago. Do you know what's super interesting about this? Huh? I, because Christy Mewis just got traded from Washington to Chicago. Uh-huh. So her first game for Chicago is probably going to be in Washington against Washington. Yes. That's and you weird. just voted for Washington to beat Chicago. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> Chicago's probably going to win. I think that's, you know what? Christy Mewis is undervalued. I don't think that she's national team caliber quite, but she has the makings of a really solid club player. And as long as you don't build a team around her, you use her I agree. In, in addition to not as your only option, then she could be, she, yep. She could be, you know, really useful in Chicago's midfield. We'll see. She, she could be a contender, a contender reunited with be a contender. reunited with McCaffrey in Chicago. That's what'll do yeah. it. New Jersey hosting Boston. Boston. Oh boy. <laughs> Well, we might have Rose Lavelle on the bench for this. 
So in the first half, we could lose like four to nothing, and in the second half, we could win one to nothing. That's not the way we do score predictions on this podcast, my friend. Don't make fun of how I emotionally get through the season. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm going to call this 4-2 for Sky Blue. Six-goal game. I'm going to say Sam Kerr plays up to the caliber of the team that she's against. Or down but to. also has the ability to play down. Yeah. So I'm actually going to say this one is one to one. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're you're right though about Sam Kerr. If if she doesn't have to go, you know, final form, you might be right. Okay. Houston Dash versus North Carolina Courage. Houston is hosting. Houston has had three losses and two wins in their last five games. Yeah. North Carolina is four and one. I am going to say, because I'm voting with my heart, Carly Lloyd is still out, right? Yes. If she does play for this game, it won't be a full 90. God damn it. I came and talked my heart into it. Zero to three, North Carolina. I'm going to say two to zero for North Carolina. Oh boy, we did it. We did it. We did it. We missed three weeks, but you know what? We are back. We're back for the last five. And we made we made our score predictions, and I feel a little nervous about mine, but that's okay. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be a uh, we're in week eighteen. This will be for week eighteen. Yes. Oh. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be a week if I felt good about my score predictions. You know what? There's a certain calm that settles over you when you know you're about to be mathematically eliminated. Nothing really matters anymore. You can just enjoy the game on a pure level. Can you? Sort of. Do you? Maybe. I don't believe you. I don't believe you one bit. It's a sprint to the final. Five more games left in the regular season. We can do it. Everybody just, you know, take this week without midweek games finally to recharge, and then all bets are off. I feel like it's squeaky bum time. I feel like it's that part of the season. I feel like it's squeaky bum time. It is that part of the season, because we just talked about it. There's a third and fourth place playoff spot up for grabs for several teams. It's absolutely squeaky bum time. I... If you're not North Carolina, you know, I feel um, mm. I feel sympathy for all your bums. May you get through this with minimum squeaking. My bum's already squeaky. 